Listener Production. Hi, this is Paul McIntyre. Welcome to the MI3 Audio Edition. I've been a business journalist for 25 years covering the marketing, media, agency and tech sectors. In this series, we talk to industry leaders about the global and local developments that you need to be across this week. Well, the worldwide stampede to better measure and quantify real consumer attention to advertising has just got its first publicly released data and analysis from a big Australian media group, Nine. Of course, this attention trend is all about getting beyond blunt reporting on audience numbers known as reach in the business or advertising impressions that may or may not have even got a nanosecond of consideration by people. Now, this first tranche of data from Nine looks terribly interesting, at least at first glance. Uh, We can expect a run of attention data to come this year as advertisers, media agencies, social platforms and media groups conduct attention studies to see how they each compare in the ad attention race. Ultimately, these new attention metrics, called active or passive attention by some, depending on which of the handful of fledgling measurement startups you're talking to, are about linking advertising exposure to actual business results and getting past what, to me, seems a little Neanderthal in believing that an opportunity to see an ad, known as an advertising impression, is good enough for the marketing business. All of this attention stuff gets deep into the way the brain works in building memory structures and sounds a bit complicated, uh, probably because it is, but that is the way of the world these days. Now, in the case of Nine's attention data, which MI3 has got an early look at, some of the results might surprise you around how video ads land with consumer attention on mobile devices versus connected TV feeds versus linear or broadcast TV. But here's a hint. Mobile app video ads are white hot for Nine. Of course, as more of this added attention data emerges, one of the measurement proxies many media agencies and advertisers are already using, like an attention CPM, comes under considerable pressure. Indeed, it might actually be half-baked because not all media and ad platforms deliver the same consumer attention levels. That's what the current data says anyway. So to get the first peek on Nine's attention data and to discuss the up and downsides to all this, I'm joined by Hatch Media's Head of Planning, Andrew Pascoe, Nine's Director of Effectiveness, Jonathan Fox, and Nine's Director of Powered, Liana Dubois. Welcome to you all. This should be fun, or in my case, mind-bending or mind-stretching, so thanks for this, people. Um, But to uh, Jonathan Fox first, to recap, I've mentioned a little bit, but why do we need this new raging advertising hormone called attention, and why has Nine funded this project? And and welcome, John. Um, It should be a good combo, I think. Hi, Paul. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity to uh, unpack this very hot topic, as you say. Um, Look, attention is really important. Uh, Advertisers and agencies are currently buying impressions, which, as you said, is a little Neanderthal. It's an opportunity to see. Um, They're using their own data to kind of inform uh, what attention might be and, you know, what the quality might be. Uh, The great news is that the technology now exists to measure exactly what's been seen by human eyes. Uh, exactly for how long uh, and in a very natural in-home environment. So it provides media buyers with a quality metric that can be combined with you know, your reach and your frequency to buy quality media placements at scale. Just to be clear, though, John, um, the market's been pretty happy for decades uh, with 
without attention. What's changed? We're at a stage now where the data is available, you know, less gut feel and more based on actual numbers um, and really understanding those relativities between platforms, between ad lengths. Uh, we can finally get our hands on hard data that, you know, uh, explains uh, exactly what the quality of the different ad formats and placements are. I mean, and, and to be honest, that's that's interesting from a media planner and buyer's point of view, but I'm a, an ad effectiveness guy and, and that's my game. And what really excites me is this strong link between, you know, attention to, to advertising and business outcomes. And that's been proven in, in many studies. Uh, and that's what makes that's what makes attention a really great proxy for advertising effectiveness. Yeah, Andrew Pascoe, you, you're convinced about this, aren't you? And Hatched is sort of uh, is on the uh, attention uh, bandwagon, if you like. You're you're a fan. You're bought in um, uh, from a media buying from a media agency perspective. Why does it press your buttons? Yeah, thanks, Paul. Uh, thanks for having us on. As you say, there's loads to unpack around this topic. Um, we are backing attention at, at Hatched, um, partly because the way we explain it to some of our advertisers is we often use the soundbite that it's a good, strong link. It's almost that missing link between effectiveness that we'd go after reach for, uh, awareness, I should say, <laughs> that we go after reach for and effectiveness. Attention has been a goal of communications, you know, since uh, I think it was the, the chap Benjamin Day started selling newspapers for a cut price in the 20s in New York because he knew he could, with that extra attention, on-sell it to advertisers. So. It's not, a, it's not a new concept or it's not a new goal of comms. Uh, partly, as Jonathan mentioned, what has come around and what's changed in the last sort of two years, call it, is the advancements in the hardware, advancements in the machine learning that let us um, put real cameras in real consumers' homes and track their gaze and track what they're paying attention to. Uh, that lets those ads or those formats or those devices be quantified and then rolled in from a media planning point of view. So we can compare all those channels or compare those formats and so on. Um, we're actually so interested in attention that we're midway through uh, re-architecting uh, our whole campaign planning approach around it because there is the trading and the currency aspect of it, which I'm sure we'll touch on later, but it's actually a lot richer than that. It's right from the planning, you know, the various types of attention uh, that might be needed and when they might be needed. Um, you know, that might depend on things like the brand maturity or their life cycle. It might depend on whether it's uh, a messaging type of emotional or rational. Um, and then the other reason that we're really, really bullish on attention is because it starts to tie together a few uh, other established areas such as neuromarketing um, and some other areas in marketing science, such as like, like you alluded to in the intro, uh, mental availability and, and mental structures as well. Um, so there's actually a lot more to it than just using it as a, 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 as a function to look at it from a trading and a, and a hard-nosed currency perspective. Uh, there's a mm. lot of depth to it. How are your clients, how are advertisers in your portfolio responding to this, Andrew? Um, we're going to get to the nine data in a sec, but just, just interested in the sentiment at the moment on the buy side from, from marketers. Probably the best way to describe that, Paul, is like most uh, paradigm shifts, it takes some um, uh, some explaining uh, and some people are more open to it uh, than others. Um, 
So it's been a journey for our clients, for our advertisers, uh, and some for legacy reasons um, and historical reasons. You know, as an industry, we've we've spent I don't know how many years talking about reach as a metric, um, total reach, uh, viewability when it comes to digital. So there's got to be a pragmatic measure of, of, of uh, allowing advertisers a window to get their head around a new concept and to sort of go all in on it. So uh, we're making strides. We're having clients adopt the recommendations we're making on, on channel reallocation. So between different types of screens, but it's also both for us as an industry, uh, there's definitely still a big, familiarity stage and a big education stage. Yeah, it's, 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 it fascinates me, and I'm a perpetual outsider on this, but it does seem like a little bit of common sense. I know common sense is a sort of a rare commodity, but, you know, to have a, to have a qualitative layer on, okay, here's, how you, here's the fact that your advertising may actually be landing, what are the, what are the, the sort of the, the resistance points or the key things that people go, yeah, not sure yet? What, what's, the, what's the resistance or the reluctance, I guess? I struggle to answer that without sounding a bit glib and just saying human behavior and, and change is hard. Right. One of the other aspects that might serve as an analogy, Professor Sharp does this great demonstration when he's talking about his book, How Brands Grow, that's been out for 10 years or, or mm. 11 years or something now. And he does this thing where he's in conferences of marketers and gets them to raise their hand if, if they've even read his book. And, you know, very few, so reports vary depending on the conference, but something like 10 to 20% of marketers actually raise their hand. That's a concept or that's a field or that's a, certainly a tome that you would say if you had a bunch of marketers around the table is very well established and very well known and everyone has heard about it. And and, and, and we'll talk it, right? They'll talk it. <laughs> and we'll talk it. Yeah. And, and that book's been out for probably 11 or 12 years now. Behaviour. Okay, so let's not go there because that's really messy. But it does, it does I mean, in, in, in an industry we, are, we talk so – Strongly and loudly, rhetorically at least, about measurement data, making you know informed decisions and so forth. And we will also race off and do the funniest things with new technology gadgets that have no proof uh, of any measurement. Um, but then we, we we sort of resist on some some things that look like a new area of science. So um, anyway, that's a conversation about the human condition we shan't go into. Jonathan, we did we did tease at the start that we might get a a, a look at some of this data that's come from nine study very quickly, maybe just give us the top line on who, how many, and then let's get into, let's get into the, into what the data is showing, what the analysis is, is telling us. Sure. So the challenge will be keeping it top line. So yes, do tell me if I'm dragging on too much, but um, so yeah, we ran a, uh, we commissioned amplified intelligence to run a, an attention measurement study across uh, linear TV, across nine now on mobile and across uh, nine now on TV. So CTV. Um, to be honest, most of what we found was quite intuitive. So going to your point about common sense, um, but I think it, I suspect it's driven strongly by that viewing experience. So in terms of platforms, devices, we found that Nine Now on mobile has the highest active attention. Um, that's eyes on the ad. Uh, next was Nine Now on TV, so that CTV uh, experience, and that was followed by Linear TV. Now, in a similar fashion to the work done by Amplified Intelligence with Think TV in 2017, we also looked at short-term ad strength, which is this uh, or called STAS. Um, I will explain just briefly what that is. It's those who are exposed to the ad that chose to buy, divided by those who were not exposed to the ad but still chose to buy. It's showing an uplift in, in brand choice. 
uh, and we were really pleased to see high stats scores uh, across all of our platforms and in fact slightly higher than uh, than those measured for for TV and BVOD uh, back in 2017. Um, the other key point, and if I can, yeah, if, if you'll allow me um, to, to indulge in, in, in more of these results. Go for it. Uh, longer ad lengths on TV and BVOD uh, deliver more active attention. Uh, and Amplified Intelligence shared with us that this was one of their key findings from their study with us, that in comparison with social platforms, um, within, within Nine's inventory and for TV and BVOD, we deliver longer uh, active attention for longer ad lengths, whereas social platforms, um, longer ad lengths typically deliver more wastage. Well, you're flagging a red rag to a bull there, aren't you, Jonathan, with me on that one? Absolutely, and I, th I think we will hopefully get a, a chance to unpack this more and, um, and share some of, the, share some of the, the findings. Yeah, we should. But um, the, the other key one was that attention varies you know, significantly across our, our inventory. So there's, there's attention, uh, there's evidence that attention is uh, higher in the mornings, uh, particularly on TV, but it also varied by age, by gender, uh, by programming, etc. Um, so we've learned an awful lot. Um, and we, yeah, we've got some, some really interesting numbers to share. So let's let's drill into yeah. So let's drill into sort of maybe quantifying some of those attention levels that you talk about between um, mobile, CTV, and linear. For the listener of the audience that may not have seen a, a an attention uh, report or what it looks like, what is what is the attention levels for those different um, those three different areas that you 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 uh, measured there across mobile, CTV, and linear? Uh, let's put everything on a on a level playing field and talk about a thirty second ad. So. For nine hour mobile, we found uh, there were 21.1 seconds of active attention, that's eyes on uh, attention to the ad, uh, and that's about 70% of the ad length. Uh, for nine now on TV, that number was 15.6 seconds, uh, and for linear TV, it was 11 seconds. So, uh, and I think, because uh, I know the question's coming. You, yeah, you, why don't you just answer it before I have to ask it, John, <laughs> there you go. Sure, so in terms of why we see those differences, I think it really is explained by that user experience. If I think about how I consume, you know, nine now on mobile is very much a one-to-one -one type experience. It's quite personal. I've chosen the content I want to watch. Uh, I'm highly engaged. For CTV, again, you've chosen the content. So, you know, you get to choose what you're watching and when you watch, um, but it's in a slightly more distracted environment. So in your living room, there's probably uh, quite a few other things that are going on and you, you're likely to be distracted. When uh, it comes to linear TV, that's content that's been curated uh, for you to enjoy uh, at, a, at a particular time and kind of a more of a, a mass viewing occasion um, where, yeah, it's been curated for you and, again, is in that more distracted environment. So whilst we see that order, I think compared to other platforms, the numbers are really strong and we're really pleased with them. And this is part of the conversation, isn't it, it's that, that it's, it's not just about, well, it's, it's, it's giving a, some, eventually we'll get visibility across all platforms and how these things, differ, the, how these things compare. Um, Andrew, how, how, does, um, how does those numbers sound to you, look to you, and are you surprised by the difference in, in attention levels uh, depending on the screen and the environment? So there's a, there's a couple of aspects to that, Paul. One is at the headline level, those differences aren't surprising. So it's a phrase we've already mentioned a couple of times, uh, common sense or intuition. 
the ordering, so the mobile device getting more active attention than the connected TV, than the linear TV, that holds true in terms of the reasons that Jonathan mentioned. The other thing that, that's worth addressing is it's while that might back up whatever I would intuit, it's nice to have the numbers and, and have it that's real observed data rather than just defaulting back to personal experience or, or assumptions. Um, yeah. And that's something that we often overlook is, you know, for a lot of the work that we've done, say, using um, Amplified Intelligence's attention trace platform. So that's the one that's the sort of standard tool that agencies and media owners can subscribe to. A, a lot of that is not dissimilar to what the, the specific nine study is showing, but actually there's also some nuances and some variances that for me as a sort of media maths junkie are actually manna from heaven because then it's in those gaps and in those differences that we can use and we can factor in and really do that just to get that extra bit of attention and that extra edge and that sort of slightly unfair share compared to the competitors. You know, it, it doesn't need to be something, there's still a win, even if there's five or 10 or 20 or, or 30% increments in things. It doesn't need to be a wholesale shift from channel X to channel Y. I take your point on the hierarchy being sort of intuitive, but are you equally as a buyer okay with the level of active attention that 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 nine's numbers are showing? I, I think, uh, John, you'll jump in if I get it wrong, but it was around 21 seconds, I think, for mobile, 15 for CTV. Did I get that right? Correct, yeah, yeah. yeah. And what was linear, sorry, again? For 30 seconds, I think we're working on, wasn't it? It's 11, 11 seconds. 11, okay. So the, the hierarchy I understand and um, I get, but uh, in terms of those numbers, what do they tell you? What do those numbers tell you? They tell me a couple of things. They tell me, uh, well, actually, they, they, there's loads we could unpick in there. But if we take that linear TV example, because uh, I, I don't know if you're trying to lead us here, Paul, or not, but that linear TV example has something like a third of its um, length has active attention paid to it. And it might sound like a low number, but actually I like that now we know what it is because it has a couple of ramifications. So some of the media maths that I spoke about, we can compare that to other durations. So even a linear 15 versus linear 30, we'll be able to compare them and see how they stack up and make the appropriate choices. But the other thing it lets us do is know um, from, a, from a message fit point of view, which is the most appropriate format as well, because having a number of attention seconds paid, it's not necessarily a bad thing that it's a high or a low number. It's the classic, what do we want out of it? And what do we want to pay for it? And what is it worth to us compared to what we want to do with it? That, that we get to really look for uh, right sizing where we put the media investment, but also uh, rewarding the platforms or the formats uh, or the media uh, context that bring uh, just volume of attention as well. So mm -hmm. our, one of our key uh, hopes for a lot of getting behind attention and, and, and having the ecosystem get a bit of speed and a bit of momentum is that essentially we hope it ends, ends up with content that people are prepared to spend time with and pay attention to get its fair share of media spent as well. 
stability uh, of of the ad and attention in the ad, John, is something you 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 think is actually worth raising here as well. It's come out of the data. Exactly. So this was one of the less uh, intuitive findings, um, but pleasingly, um, we basically saw that there was very stable attention over the duration of our ads. So not only for Nine Now on mobile, but even for linear TV, we found that attention to ads tailed off very slightly, um, kind of single digit percentages over those 30 seconds. Right. So it wasn't a cutoff at three seconds or a seven second. It wasn't a, just a gone. Not at all. No, barely, barely a decay. Mm. Um, and so we were pleasantly surprised by that. And then T-Vision were kind enough to share that, that they were seeing the same the same uh, outcomes as well with their data. So it's a consistent, so it's a, it is a c- consistent erosion. If you look at linear TV, it's sitting around 10, 11, 12 seconds of attention, active attention, then there must be a sort of just a slow, is that what you're saying? So, so what, we, yeah, what I'm saying is on average, when you uh, factor everything up and you look at the uh, attention over, over the 30 seconds, um, it, it will start at, I think the number was uh, 37% of a 30 second uh, ad. That's the average. So it might start at, say, 40%, and it might be at kind of 35% by the end. So oh, I see. Okay. We're actually seeing very little uh, decline in attention over the 30 seconds of, of an ad. And, and I think uh, similarly, when we, again, we were surprised that over an ad break, so multiple ads in there, you would expect perhaps there to be a, a bit of a drop off in um, viewing numbers and therefore maybe attention as well. But again, we found attention was actually very stable over the period of an ad break. Uh, and my hypothesis for that would be that the people who are potentially paying less attention might be the ones that are first to be distracted, whereas the people who were paying attention uh, are staying very much engaged during the ad break. There's a lot to un- lot more to unpack there too. Leon, I want to get your take on this too. So you know, what, what I mean, Andrew sort of hinted at it or talked to it, but what does these numbers say about linear TV effectiveness in that it still remains the dominant force in the market uh, in terms of volume and everyone talks about TV um, as being the sort of the, 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 the number one on the podium, but it's ranked third for efficacy. Um, so what, what's your take on that? It's a good question. I think what we see in the numbers um, from Amplified Intelligence is that when it comes to looking at attention across the total television environment, um, it's simply, in in our view, a good, better, best comparison. Linear is good on attention. BVOD on CVT is on CTV is great in attention, and BVOD on mobile is best in attention. But I do think, to to kind of Andrew's points, he sort of went there a little bit. It's also really important to recognise that no media metric, including attention, can or should operate in a bubble or exclusively on its own. Um, Linear TV, traditional linear TV remains king of reach velocity or reach at pace. Um, And attention paid is an additional scientific overlay to apply to those more traditional reach and frequency methodologies when it comes to planning and buying media. So, you know, you're essentially looking to score good, better, best of both worlds, both attention and also more traditional reach and frequency, which this industry cannot fundamentally let go of. Yes, it can't. And, and Andrew, from the buy side, uh, hearing the sell side, argue this: um, does that is, is Liana is, is what Liana's saying valid for you? Look, in the word, yes. Phew. I fear sounding like a bit of an acolyte of of Karen Nelson Field, but the way she talks about it is simplest here. Attention is a measure of quality reach, so it's an overlay 
that that um, is really useful to use. Um, that also means we don't have to throw existing babies out with new bath waters or, or however, however I've mangled well, that. It's a, it's a beautiful metaphor. <laughs> but no, it, it, it makes sense. And then the other thing uh, sort of to build a bit on what Liana was saying, the thing that we're thinking a lot about um, is about speed and shape of attention, which isn't dissimilar to that speed and velocity of reach. Um, so mm. that's partly why our retail planning process is, is still a work in progress is because it's hard to work out the exact way into these to, to systematize it that, that makes sense for the teams on the ground and, and the marketers to, to use it day to day as well. You know, you talked about that quality reach point and Liana, I think you, you have a view about this whole attention uh, race too in that there, there, there is a likely to be a big knock-on for the attention CPM metric, which is already being used by the market, right? And, and a bunch of media agencies and advertisers here and abroad are doing it, talking about it, and I hear it a little bit, but you, you think there might be some trouble looming there. Oh, look, I, I do, at the, at the risk of being provocative or poking the bear, but let's. I absolutely do think there's a knock-on effect. Um, you're right. There is an attention CPM circulating um, that is, in our view, if you at all understand attention, crude at best, um, not unlike a reach-based CPM, the attention CPM that is circulating essentially looks at the average attention seconds paid to a platform. It overlays unit price and then it spits out the CPM. Now, why is that crude or perhaps even uneducated? Um, is because it doesn't take into account the very purpose of understanding attention, that being that more attention is fundamentally more effective. Um, you know, there's there's well-known stats circulating again from Professor Karen Nelson Field that a minimum threshold of three seconds of attention is required to have any impact on memory. And for every additional second of attention paid, it lasts in the memory for an additional three days. So unless an attention CPM calculation can take into the to, to take into account the extrapolation of the long form impact by platform, the ad effectiveness point of understanding attention has been missed entirely. That sounds incredibly intelligent and um, and quite well articulated. And I, all I can say is, so, you know, is, is that valid, Andrew, from a, from a buy side? So what Liana laid out absolutely holds water when the goal of the campaign is about long-term effect and mental availability and memory structures, which should be more advertisers doing more of that. Where it's, in my view, a less, a little bit less cut and dry is if it's a short-term sales promo or we need stuff shifted the next day and so on, then the extra attention past the three seconds and that extra second relating to three more days in memory is of a little bit less value. So if I'm a custodian of any brand spend, I'm always going to value it. But if I've got a short-term sales promo running on, my primary goal there is to get people through the door with just the secondary effect being being the mental structures that I'm building. Right. And I guess Liana's concern here is though though that nuance gets lost for a sort of a currency that applies to everything, whether it be performance or brand. I guess this is what your concern, Liana? Yeah, absolutely it is. And I and I think just to pick up on Andrew's point there, 
you know, he's essentially referenced in a, in a retail campaign, he's essentially referenced, you know, what used to be known in the, indus- in, in the industry or still is positive wastage. If you're trying to shift, right. you know, $2 bananas tomorrow, um, the fact is I as a consumer might not be in the market for $2 bananas tomorrow, but I might be in the market for $3.50 bananas next week, even if the sale is over. And so, you know, it doesn't take into account the nuances that actually one of the core um, roles of advertising is to keep you, your product, your service and your brand in my mind as much as possible so that I choose you when I'm ready to buy. Um, and it doesn't, you know, the attention CPM that is circulating right now is too crude and too blunt to take into account those nuances. Jonathan, how widespread is the attention CPM? Is it sort of, you know, are we getting into half the market? Uh, and where does that, where does the attention CPM sit versus the attention metrics that we're talking about today? Great question. Yeah, I think it is uh, pretty prominent. And certainly uh, the work that Amplified Intelligence have done, as Andrew mentioned, with their uh, attention trace platform, I think we know that a lot of the big uh, media agency holding companies, uh, you know, have access to that data and will be pulling that data into their own, uh, you know, buying and planning systems. Um, Yeah, look, it's quite clear that when you, you plan for based on attention CPM, the the channel mix is very different to when you plan just based on attention seconds. And I think it goes back to the work that Karen's done before to show that not all impressions are equal. Um, I'm certainly a believer that not all attention seconds are equal. Um, and to Andrew's point, based on the objectives of the campaign, they're going to offer different value at different times. But uh, to really access long-term memory, um, that should be the goal of, of most campaigns and most brands. Uh, and that's you know should be valued accordingly. Liana touched on it, John. Um, very quickly, talk through that. That the longer the attention, active attention, is paid to an ad, the longer it stays in in memory structures, and therefore, I guess what Ehrenberg Bass calls mental availability. So when you're in in market to actually buy, you're going to be up there in the top consideration set. I guess that's 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 the flow, is it? It is exactly, and there's there's a couple of bits of evidence uh, in a couple of different studies globally that show that. So the first piece Liana articulated uh, brilliantly, which was the a minimum of three seconds to access memory, and for every additional uh, second, you you get another three days. That's something that Amplified Intelligence have shared. Um, the other piece of work was uh, the Dentsu uh, Attention Economy study that also looked at um, the impact on brand choice of longer periods of attention. Uh, and again, you can see it's a pretty steep curve and that longer periods of attention deliver greater brand choice. So so we are confident that the inventory we can provide uh, in terms of TV and BVOD is likely to deliver those longer periods of attention, which should allow uh, access to the, to the long-term memory of consumers, um, which should deliver you know, many sales over and over again. So it should be valued accordingly and to buy just based on uh, an attention CPM is is another way of kind of a race to the bottom. Right. So let's get into the boxing ring. Um, we talk about platform comparisons. Now, you you hinted earlier about um, what you're seeing uh, on the Nine platform and and other uh, sort of, you know, the broader broadcast and, and uh, BVOD work that was done a few years back by Think TV. Um, you, you're fairly strong on this, that the sort of formats and ad formats and content environments uh, and platform that you've got at nine um, is is outplaying, outperforming uh, attention on some of the other social platforms. Do tell, Jonathan. 
<laughs> yeah, you're going to get me in a lot of trouble here, Paul. Um, Love it. Look, I, I, th- I, th- I, it is something I'm, um, I want to put out there, and I want to say it feels good to say it. But and I think again, it's intuitive though, and I think it comes back to the viewing experience and the state of mind that the viewer is in when they're consuming that content. So viewing on social platforms is very high velocity, you know, frequent scrolling, lots of stimuli. Um, so you'd expect quite fleeting attention uh, when an ad appears. Uh, and there's a few interesting pieces of work. Uh, you know, recent work from uh, Dr. Dwayne Varan at Media Science demonstrated that to, to, to gather one minute of, of advertising attention, you've got to consume about five hours of content. I think it was on, on Facebook or Instagram. Um, and I think about my own experience when I'm viewing something like YouTube, I am spending a lot of that time focused on the, the countdown uh, to, to be able to skip. And I really can't absorb much around the advertising that's on at that time. Um, so frustratingly for us as well, the attention data incorporates that attention to the skip button. Ah, uh, so you think it's actually a little misguided, the attention's on the skip button, even though they're looking at the ad. Oh, now here's a good one. I like this. So I, I would be really interested to know what the numbers look like if you were able to strip out the, uh, you know, the eyes on attention to that skip button um, with the numbers. Because, it, yeah, I think it can have, it should have, it's likely to have limited value for advertisers, um, particularly when we're talking about that longer term uh, memory encoding. So yeah, look, I'd, I'd love to see those numbers uh, if if they're available. Mm. But there, there has been some pushback on that. You know, I've been told it's part of the format and the attention to attention to the skip buttons. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I would argue it's not. Andrew, so is it a val- is it a valid observation here from, from from John? And also, whether it is or it isn't, advertisers are, are just piling in. So they don't seem it doesn't worry them anyway. There must be some. They're getting results, or they're getting something that encourages them to go. Um, will come back. This is on the on the platform comparisons on attention. Uh, it's hard to know how to start answering that, Paul, without opening a Pandora's box that touches on a whole bunch of other uh, ecosystem and uh, marketer and agency responsibilities and 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 so on around self service platforms and and so on because they're all or uh, heavily threaded together. Um, but let me just try and pick. Uh, the aspect around attention um, and probably my my response there would be um, that it's an example of why at, at least having these numbers now moves us on in the conversation or lets us look at the evaluation and then start to bring a common currency that has some parity to it. So the next uh, horizon or the next thread in the conversation might be around um, some of those distinctions, because I think they're important distinctions to be unpacked. But I think actually a lot of the the, the current sort of wave we're in um, is getting us on a long way simply by making everyone aware of attention and the important role. So even those distinctions that that uh, Liana and Jonathan have made around. Uh, the impact and the powerful impact that attention can have on long-term memory relative to duration, even having or having more marketers and more agency folk aware of that, I think is still fantastic progress for, for sort of where we're at, at the, at the whole cycle. I can't let it go though. You have to give us a sneak peek into that Pandora's box that you hinted at. So we you know you talk about it being far more complex and broader then it involves you just you, – you can't not say anything there, Andrew. Sorry. Uh, all right. So it, it's 
it's tangled up in um, the, uh, the the agency wide or industry wide, sorry, I should say, discussions around um, resourcing and expertise and media craft. And when does it cross a point where there's platforms that are actually making it more beneficial for advertiser and agency? And when do they almost ask to take too much license and do too much um, optimization and, 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 and too much black box activity um, sort of with a set goal in mind. An example, give us an example. Uh, an example would be, well, actually an example is, is something I, I read in your industrious publication this morning around the Google certification of the top three, top 3% three uh, of search agencies. And someone in there pointed out that one of the four criteria to be certified was the use of automation um, and the use of Google services beyond AdWords. Um, so it becomes an element where there's a reason uh, or an aspect of saying um, the multi-thousands of Google engineers sat in Mountain View will do the decision-making for you to, to some degree. And I think that agency um, has a place, handing over that agency has a place in some contexts but it has to be balanced with the craft of media planning and the craft of channel planning and, and a term I've already used, but uh, I'm falling increasingly in love with it is media maths. So there's an aspect where that can be done or, or it's the right time for that to be done um, by humans in an agency close to the marketer. Um, and sometimes we forget some of that distinction and some of that subtlety. So the overall sort of take from that from for, for, for me, Andrew, is that there are uh, efficiency and business objectives that may be influencing de purchasing decisions or allocation that's not just necessarily about um, landing uh, with the right people, the, the consumer, the viewer, the customer, et cetera. There are other bigger play, plays going on that influence allocation and, and mix. Am I making that up? I think you're coming to a conclusion that actually is a little bit antithetical to the thousands of individuals that rock up to media agencies and, and genuinely have the best interests of their clients at heart. Mm. No one, no one rolls in through the doors of Indy or hold co every morning and says, I want to do the wrong thing by my client. Okay. The Pandora's box is open and we're going to come back to that one. Um, it's, it's, we'll, we'll have to revisit another conversation, but um, I, I, I take your point. Now, one of the things that we, as we, as we wind up um, this, this, this interesting conversation is, um, and I do want to go up a side creek for, for a minute and grab my paddle. Liana, um, you know, uh, the, the assumption or the underlying premise of, uh, of all of this attention stuff is to Jonathan's point, platforms matter and the platform performance uh, can deliver different attention levels based on uh, what the environment they're doing. But is it all about the platform, i.e., where does creativity come into this? Um, is it really only about the platform? And I know this is another Pandora's box, but we just have to touch on it. Not, not necessarily, not necessarily, although I suspect you like a Pandora's box. So um, I do. it is absolutely platform first. So platform is absolutely your opportunity to be paid attention to, but creative is your opportunity to hold it. So um, to, to, I guess, use an example, that the best creative in the world cannot fight the good fight against a platform that does not garner any 
or enough attention to the advertising that's placed on it. So you think about some of those environments, the social platforms in particular that John and Andrew have both talked about, where you are scrolling at the greatest rapid rate of knots. And it takes, I think Foxy mentioned a stat, you know, you have to consume five hours of social platform content to get a minute of attention paid to your advertising. Good grief. Even even Carlton drafts made from beer can't stack up on, on that in the same way that it can uh, in a total television environment. So those transient platforms um, are simply not providing the opportunity for you to grab attention, but creativity and the power of a great ad is absolutely how, how you hold attention. And when it comes to getting the, the, the best of those two worlds, the platform of total television is the arena for your creative video performance. I'm trying to conjure up something because I like farming. I'm trying to conjure up a cattle, uh, some cattle yards and, and, you know, it's sort of, uh, but we won't go there. <laughs> I'll work on that one and I'll come back to you when I've got it slick. Okay, do. The creative uh, component, Jonathan, uh, you're, you're, I'm sure you'd, you'd, you'd agree with your learned colleague. Yeah, look, the creative is very important, but uh, Amplified Intelligence have done some work looking at the variance in attention by platform and by creative. Uh, and they have demonstrated that you can put a uh, a really great creative on a poorer performing platform, and it you know it, it doesn't perform. Uh, and the flip side of that, in contrast, is that a poor creative on a uh, a really good platform will still generate some pretty high attention. So that that seems like it tips the balance in in favour of platform. But I do think it's a case of sequence. Um, you know, attention gives you that uh, window of opportunity to put a creative message out there. And if you're only given a very, a very short window for each individual, um, you're really going to struggle to get, uh, you know, a coherent message across. Uh, I know, you know, it's, it's another bit of a stretch, Andrew, to ask a media agency guy to talk about creativity, but um, what's, your, what's your sense on, on the creative role in, in attention? So we've been looking into this uh, as part of our planning approach, uh, partly because we're trying to work out uh, how we can best accommodate it. And we're finding some things that will sound obvious, like whether it's or, or how much of an emotional message versus a rational message um, influences which type of attention we probably need more of. But then we also know uh, from a lot of the papers and the literature that there's some other uh, more classic things that, that get us more attention. So hooks or triggers, so, you know, sort of stunty things um congruence so whether it fits with the program that that it's in so again um you know three syllable word for for context um you know fancy way of of seeking the right context which again now we can quantify and start to measure or begin to it's in the early days of this from, from a from a ecosystem point of view but looking for the right context um and then just straight flat out novelty so is it unexpected to see that ad or see that message in the in the place i'm seeing it we know those are some of the factors from a from a creative angle that lead to to more attention um, and generally lead to more attention initially and then uh, i also like liana's way of describing it um, because there can be a very big difference between what leads to the attention and then what keeps the attention throughout as well. They're, they're two different elements. Great. Well, listen, we're going to wrap this up with some final thoughts. I have now landed on my um, my metaphor of cattle yards and I'm going to put it out there for, for, the, for, for at high risk, at high risk, I might say, but I would argue that the platform is the cattle yards and the creative is the gate, which determines how far it's closed 
There you go. Now, just don't say anything, people. Don't say anything. Now, in terms of winding this up, um, where to from here uh, for nine and the market? And that's to all of you. So maybe start with you, uh, Jonathan, first. What happens now uh, with your attention data that's out there? Um, What could this mean? What are you going to do with it? Yeah, so Andrew got me quite excited when he was talking about the shape of attention because um, Karen, Professor Karen Nelson-Field put out a great article, I think in February this year, talking about the shape of attention and its importance in predicting attention to then make it a, a tradable uh, currency. So um, and I, my understanding of or interpretation of that is understanding the patterns in individuals' uh, attention journeys. So attention will come from different places uh, at different times and it's trying to understand um, how you can better predict that to turn that into a currency so uh, and i think one key thing I, I wanted to mention as well is going back to that in-home natural measurement there are only two companies globally that are, that are doing this at the moment um, in terms of tv and that's amplified intelligence and t vision so I've kind of got all, all eyes on, on the future work that, that they're going to put out there um, in better understanding the nuance that sits underneath these average numbers of attention so we can yeah, understand the distribution and turn it into a, a tradable metric. Liana, next 12 months, where to from here in the next 12 months? How, what, what do you, how do you see all this um, playing? My kind of closing thoughts, I guess, would be that You know, attention is, as we've proven here this morning, an incredibly important methodology in science to understand. There is now fundamental proof to support the logical instincts that have existed in the industry since Paul was a boy, um, that more attention paid to your ad delivers demonstrably better business results. So everyone needs to understand attention. But as John has pointed out, not just the averages by platform, You need to understand the shape or the distribution that sits behind those averages. Mm. And then we all need to be optimizing media schedules towards attention, not in isolation of or exclusive of reach and frequency. Um, But I will say, if you are buying dirt cheap reach on platforms with little to no effective attention, you are likely wasting your money or that of your clients. So better understanding attention will, we believe, rebalance media investment towards more effective channels and platforms as it should. And if I can take your metaphor, McIntyre, and raise you one, Mm -hmm. when it comes to comparing attention of social platforms versus total television, stacking hamsters doesn't make a giraffe. All right. Well, we're getting to animals and sort of animal husbandry, so it's close to farming, Liana. Well done. Um, good, good, uh, good wrap up. Now uh, you, you get to you get to respond to that one, Andrew, or top it. You've got to raise you've got to raise that. How are you going to go with that? Your final thoughts uh, for 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 the next the market in the next twelve months on attention. So I can already or I can already telegraph that I'm not quick enough on my feet feet to think about a, an, an animal <laughs> analogy by the time I, I I cover off what I was thinking about where we are for the next 12 months. So um, don't hold your breath on that one. But, um, well, we, you know, we've been talking about it as there's there's three aspects. There's planning, there's activational trading, and there's measurement. And they're moving at different speeds. You know, they have been over the last six. They will continue to move at different sort of speeds over the last, over the next 12 months rather. But what we can say is, you know, we uh, as Hatched went public with Karen's tool about October, November, since then, um, I don't think there's a media partner that hasn't reached out to us either because they've got things in train or they're very interested and want to get things in train, which is really just another way of saying there's an ecosystem and there's a movement, um, 
not even forming, but, but formed. Uh, you know, we were talking internally about whether 2022, whether the question was, is 2022 going to be the age of attention? It almost feels like in the last few months, it's flipped to the question now being, well, how fast or how far will we go with attention this year? Like that seems to be right. the mindset shift from, from the industry. Mm, really interesting. Great conversation. Jonathan Fox, Andrew Pascoe, Liana Dubois, thanks for this. I think we've contributed to a little bit more um, about the market understanding what the hell's going on in attention and certainly the, the marketing, the CMOs that I talk to, their eyes are on it trying to work out what they do. So this will be a, a good contribution, a solid contribution to this debate. Thanks for joining. Stay safe. Thanks for having us. Pleasure. Thanks. This MI3 audio edition was presented by Paul McIntyre. That's more. Producer Nick Slater. Music by Matt Dwyer. For more episodes, go to listener.com or download the Listener app and search MI3 Audio Edition to listen for free. Listener.